coaches. Today, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the CoachPad and CoachPad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates, and here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, today we have an upcoming uh, DC at Wheaton College. Uh, Coach C.J. Nightingale, yeah, he has led um, a pretty good defense the past couple of years. Um, as I was telling him before he came on, I kind of watched some of his stuff, his defense earlier in the year. Um, and then I kind of rewatched, I think, what, a week five, week six game the other day. Um, they do some really good stuff with getting pressure on uh, quarterbacks. And I think believe they led their division in um, sacks this year. Uh, Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Coach. Appreciate you having me on. And, um, yeah, excited to talk and share ball. No problem, Coach. Um, like I said, like I said, it's some of that stuff kind of just stood out, and we kind of talked a little bit beforehand. Um, but how did you end up as for people who may not have heard of Wheaton or or have seen any of your games? How did you end up as the DC at Wheaton? Yeah, so I played at Wheaton. Um, was able to graduate here um, and play ball here. Very very thankful for that. Um, coming out of high school, though, I didn't have much of a connection with Wheaton. It was all primarily um, I knew of the school but there were some local guys in the area um, that really, really got me connected. Um, and I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, some of those guys are the Langs family with um, Coach Langs, who's the head coach up in Climax Scotts, um, his brother or his son, Tyler, Jordan and um, Bo, and Jordan's now the head coach at Indiana Wesleyan um, University. And, and so they, they got me connected um, with Wheaton coming out of high school and being a Christian and looking for a Christ Center environment, Wheaton offered that. Um, and then obviously the academics and the football side of it was really, really important to me. And that's what Wheaton um, really, really stood out in terms of the faith piece, the academic piece and football piece. And so three years ago, when um, there was an open DC position, um, I was fortunate enough to go through the process and our longtime head coach at the time, Mike Swider, um, gave me the opportunity and very, very thankful for that. Anytime you can work for a Hall of Fame type coach who has over 200 career wins and an 81% winning percentage. I mean, you you learn a lot of, a lot from him in terms of leadership and ball. And so um, it kind of came full circle for my wife and I to come back to Wheaton. Never really planned it, but God uh, opened the door and it was something that we jumped at. A lot of great people here, a lot of great um, memories and opportunities. And anytime you can um, be surrounded by those type of people who love Jesus and want to be in the same environment that you do, and it's encouraging and motivating and something that we're very thankful for. Now, when you took over as the DC, because I mean you're only a couple of years in, and that's their conversation we had beforehand, is just we're both fairly young. Um, but as you took over, how much of it was keep what they already had and how much it was add kind of your beliefs? And and along with that, 
how much did that help bring in where you are as a pressure team? The great thing about coming back to Wheaton is Coach Swider was the defensive coordinator for a long time. The defensive coordinator I played for was the DC for a long time, um, Rod Sandberg, who's now the head coach at Whitworth. Then Jordan Langs, who's the head coach at Indiana Wesleyan, was the DC at Wheaton for three years. And then JJ Clark, who's now um, the linebacker coach at Austin P, was yeah. the DC at Wheaton for two years. And we all had similar philosophical approaches to defense. So I took over after JJ and coming in, we didn't change anything verbiage wise. We didn't change anything philosophically. Um, and JJ kept the same thing from Jordan. And so for the last eight, nine years, we've kept the same schematical and verbiage and philosophical approach um, with, you know, there's always subtle adjustments. Um, I'm probably a little bit more aggressive than Jordan was. Um, and JJ's probably a little bit more um, creative than I am in terms of coverages and packages, but we have similar approaches philosophically and schematically. And the big thing for me, it was getting the players to trust me and buy in. Um, and I think coming back, the, one of the best things I ever did was create ownership opportunities for Corey Kennedy, a fifth year senior, or Patrick O'Connell, a fifth year senior, because they hadn't played for me. And to allow them to kind of own that defense while having my personality. Um, once those two guys did it, the rest of the team bought in. Um, and then we just, from there, kind of took off. Um, you find things that you love, you find things that you like, um, and you want to, you, you know, want to have your spin on it. Um, so from that approach, it was very similar, um, very easy to kind of transition back. Um, but there's always that time where you're like, all right, let's go do it. Let's have fun. This is mine. Um, and coach Swider, that was the great thing. Coach Swider's like, Hey, this is yours. Like go. Um, and then our, our current head coach, Jesse Scott, same thing. Like I trust you go. And so you're going to see us be sound. You're going to see us play really, really fast and disciplined. Um, but our guys are going to have fun doing that. Now, I mean, you, you'll get in your little presentation here in a minute, but how much, how do you, and like, I don't need the verbiage, but how do you pack every DC kind of packages their pressures differently? Some it's like cities and stuff. Some it's this front has this set. How do you package your pressures and your coverages together? Yeah. So coverages is a little bit more um, detailed, um, especially the, me being a cover guy by nature, um, a DB guy. And so we have, families um, within our coverages that we use. So we have our quarters family. Uh, we have our three match family. We have our cover one family, our cover three family. Um, and then we have our three over three, five man pressure family and our three over two, um, six man pressure family. And so within each of those families, they have uh, two to three techniques that we really, really focus on. And so that's the great thing. Like once we teach those two to three techniques, instead of them having to memorize coverages, we can just really, really say, hey, you're playing this technique, you're playing that technique. Um, and I think that really helps our guys just play fast because they're not thinking about a certain coverage. Oh, this is what I have to do next. Instead, they're just like, all right, technique wise, I've done this a thousand times. I'm just playing this technique. Uh, when it comes to pressures, we're actually kind of really simple in terms of like our packages and our base. Um, we have um, four six-man pressures that we always keep. Um, and then we have six five-man pressures we always keep. 
Um, and then we just kind of package it that way where it's like, all right, we, we know day one, we're going to install this, these pressures and we're going to keep them all year long. And then each week we just change it, um, adjust it, um, try to find ways to attack. Um, and so coverages is a little bit more detailed than pressures, but, um, you know, we like our guys just playing fast in the pressure packages. Yeah. So as coach said, kind of just talking creating pressures and he was, um, he reached out asking on kind of our four man and five man stuff. And, and right away, I will, um, I will say that a lot of it is our guys, you know, we as coaches can put them in positions to be successful, but they still have to go make the plays and uh, our guys do that. And so, uh, when we watch through and talk through some of this stuff, I really, really, really want to emphasize that we have some football players that can play and, and they want to play. Um, and so we trust them. We trust their opinion. We trust their uh, understanding of what they're good at and kind of putting them in those positions to be successful. Um, here's my contact information. I would love to help any way I can. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by a lot of great young uh, coaches who have pushed me. I've been surrounded by a lot of great um, legends, I would say, in the coaching profession that have kind of laid a foundation for me. And so any way I can help, um, I, I'm more than willing to do that. So there's my contact information. Um, I wanted, I talked to a coach about this at the beginning because I know there's going to be a lot of people that um, will be high school guys that are watching this. If you're, if you have players, if you have students that love Jesus and are looking for a top 50 institution academically, um, and that wins at a high, high level, uh, I would love to talk. I would love to help them out. Uh, Wheaton is a special place just outside of Chicago um, that is looking for those young men who love Jesus and want to pour into their faith and receive a phenomenal degree and play football. Um, I always want to make sure that that's understood is we're good at football and um, it's something that we care deeply about. And so, again, if there's anyone out there that wants to get connected, more than happy to help them with that. So, um, again, coach kind of talked on some of the statistical stuff, but it's our players. And anytime I have an opportunity to share, anytime I have an opportunity to talk, I want our guys to get recognized. I want them to have their names out there. I think that's important. They work way too hard during the week and during the school year, um, during their, their whole season, uh, not to have an opportunity to get recognized. And so the success that you see on paper, the success that you watch on the film, um, it, it's them. And they have fun doing it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times for me as a coach, it's just sitting there on the sideline. And you see someone get a tackle, a sack, an interception, a big play, and you have four, five, six other guys right away surrounding them, uh, encouraging them, celebrating with them, are just sideline uh, going crazy. And so you know, a lot of this stuff that you see here, it's not me, it's not our staff. It is those three All-Americans. It's those seven All-Region guys. Uh, it's our whole deep that buys into it and do it um, every single day and every single week, and we're excited about that. So going into kind of the pressure stuff, I thought um, when coach asked me, I was like, there's some thoughts that right away came to my mind that we do to help create those four and five man uh, advantages for us. One, uh, identifying protection. How's an offense going to protect against our even front versus our odd front? Um, and, and how can we take advantage of that? So we need to identify the protection. I think we do a great job um, simplifying the protection schemes that an offense is trying to do so that our guys also understand, hey, all right, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. Is it man, is it full, is it half? Uh, trying to identify the protection for our guys to understand where they have advantages at. I think a big thing for us and for a lot of people is matchups. Who are your best rushers? What are they good at? And then create matchups for them. 
for for our guys, it's very very um, important to trust their evals too, right? We have a lot of guys who watch a lot of film, and they they'll come back and say, "Hey, coach, I really like this versus this guy. I really like that versus this guy." And us then creating the matchups for them. Um, be creative. I've learned this from my high school coach, uh, John Sports, won ten state titles in the state of Michigan, which is incredible to think about. Um, and he would always talk about, you know, be creative and trust it. Uh, and I think that's something that is really, really unique is that um, if you have a, have something that you like, use it, practice it, trust it. So our creativity and some of the stuff that we've done over the last couple of years and trusting it is, is really, really cool. Um, and then effort. We harp on effort so much and not just the effort of running through the ball. Um, I was talking to our D-line coach the other day as I was putting this together was it's effort in how you work together as a unit, right? You know, hey, I got an ET game or I got a TE game. One of you guys is going to have to sacrifice and maybe take on the double team or maybe be the ugly guy in the, in the rush, but it's going to free up the twist. And, and there's an effort piece to that. And so we really harp on that. Um, not just running to the football, but understanding how it all fits together and trusting that. And so going into it a little bit, identifying the protection. Uh, we want to know how will they handle the games? How will they handle the movements that we have? And we don't do anything revolutionary with the games or the movements. I mean, if you're doing, you know, ET, TE, if you're doing some nut and can, um, if you're doing some, obviously, bowls and, and movements like that, like that's what we're doing, but we want to know how they're going to handle it. Uh, how can we attack the protection? There's going to be some clips right away where we know, all right, we were going to get a bunch of man on man. We're going to get big on big, but we're going to attack that by bringing some simulated pressures. We're going to attack that by bringing five man to make sure that we get one-on-one, but understanding what protection you get. Um, and so we can attack that. And then we want to know who will get the one-on-one. And so we've had some guys that are phenomenal speed rushers. Well, let's create, right? Even though it's only four man, let's create um, a look that will get that, that one-on-one for that guy so that he can take advantage of it. And so just understanding those two things, I think were, were critical and in, in identify the protection. So watching some film right here, uh, we're playing against Wash U. Uh, I'm out of St. Louis in this first clip. Um, we know that Wash U is going to give us a bunch of man-on-man. They were, they were, that's what they were going to do. So for us going into it, it's like, how can we create one-on-one matchups if we're going to get a bunch of big? Uh, so for us in this first clip, uh, we're just going to go five-man pressure. Uh, we're going to bring uh, something really, really simple. Um, we're going to make sure that we get um, one-on-ones across the board. And that's what we want. So in this picture, we're just bringing the wheel, and we're getting that picture right there where we have five-on-five. Five. That's what we wanted, right? We felt like, hey, our five dudes are better than their five dudes. Now, maybe five-on-four, we're not as as, as good, but when we get five on five, we felt like one of our guys is going to win. And in this picture, we get the matchup with our nose on their center. And that's exactly what we wanted, right? We were making sure that we got that matchup where that nose was better than that center. And he just bull rushed and we win. But the other thing is we get the matchup with our speed rusher and he gets a little swipe there, turns the corner. And he's also in on the sack as well. And so understanding the protection being man on man and making sure that we create five man so that we get the one-on-ones that we wanted is something that was really, really critical for us against WashU. And then the same game, 
All right, same thing. We knew we were going to get man on man. Um, and so we went with some of our simulated creepers. And this is something that uh, we started dabbling in last year, right before um, spring ball of 2021. And it just was such a great adjustment for it. And so you can see in this picture, we got our Mike linebacker creeped up, but he's going to eventually drop. Um, and so, so hopefully this triggers to the offensive line because we knew they were going to be in a lot of man on man that it was going to create five on five. Well, then from it, right, Ryan will drop here out of it, but we get the center to have to slide. Well, we get the nice little twist and we fall in on the sack. And here's just the effort piece that, that we'll talk about a little bit later where, yes, we probably get a, held, a hold here from um, the TE twist, but we just get effort, 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 and we finish with another sack. And it's just a simulated pressure to show five, but it actually ends up only being four. And so against WashU, we knew that if we could create this, if we could do this, where we could get one-on-one -on -one matchups, which we do, uh, we were going to win one of those one-on-one -on -one matchups. So something that we uh, really, really started, started liking a lot. And then the next one against WashU, again, simulated pressure. This time we showed both of them, uh, Mike, Mike and Will up in the box. Uh, showing pressure, but then we are only going to create um, a four-man look out of it. And so from here, again, just a little twist where we go tackle end and then end tackle, and we create the one-on-one, -on -one and we get the sack with it. All right, so it's something, yeah. How much in terms of film study as you're looking for, okay, I, I'm trying to identify their pass protection scheme. How much of it is teams with similar fronts to see – compared to just general pressure issues they're having from across the board, maybe not necessarily from somebody with a similar front, but maybe another aggressive front that maybe you don't run, but yep. you get the kind of ideas. I think this year it was actually quite simple. Uh, the way that the schedule fell, we always got North Central versus our opponent. Okay. And North Central has a very similar um, front and they have some dudes up front that are really, really talented. And so because we always had their game against the upcoming opponent, we really kind of had a, a tell on how opponents played against them and protected against them. And we knew that that had to be similar. Now, we do see some stuff that uh, we really, really like um, from other opponents. Like, man, that, that, they, got, they got them with that. Uh, for Wash U, we, we knew that they struggled with games and twists, and so we were going to take advantage of that. Okay. Um, that's not an, actually one of the things that we do a lot. Uh, we, um, we, we give our guys freedom to go, um, whether it's a two-way go or to just win with their best move. But for Wash U, we knew that because they were a lot of man, um, that games were going to work and twists were going to work. Um, so it's a little bit of both in terms of, similarities and then what have the opponents given them uh, struggles with. I think our D line coach does a great job with the protection and then coming up with, Hey, I like this. I like that. Um, and then trusting that approach to it. I, I back to it. Our guys, um, our guys watch a lot of film and they'll see some stuff that's like, Hey coach, I think I can win with this. I think we can win with that. And, and I trust them. Um, we had a very, very, veteran group over the last couple of years that had played a lot of football together. Um, this picture right here is some of our younger guys, but um, our veterans knew how they could uh, complement each other well. And it was something that we trusted.
Okay. Thank you, coach. Yeah. All right. And then same thing. This was WashU a couple of years ago. And so showing it from the tight, this is from our odd front. Again, we knew we were going to get some, some man on man. And so we wanted to create those, um, those matchups, those one-on-ones. And that's exactly what we did here. Right. So we're bringing our, our will and our, our nickel, our Sam to create one-on-ones and our best speed rusher again was able to turn the corner up top, right? Little rip right there. Um, and then obviously create a one-on-one with a will linebacker who on the guard and our will linebacker was five, nine, 185 pounds, but as tough as nails pound for pound, the strongest kid on our team. And he had unbelievable ability to just dip unbelievable ability just to swipe. And when you're five, nine, you already have the leverage advantage and he was going to take advantage of that on the guard and just dip underneath them and finish on a side. Same thing, just taking advantage of protection here. Against Carthage, we knew that they wanted to slide to the field. We also know traditionally, Coach, that teams like, when we're in our odd front, teams like to slide to our nickel um, because we bring our nickel quite a bit. And so we get a full slide here, and we got the one-on-one with the back. We knew coming in that that's what they were going to do. And so we brought edge pressure here. And the nice thing about it is you get the one-on-one with the will on the back. But then by allowing our defensive end to be aggressive vertical inside, he's able to beat that tackle with speed and fall in on the sack as well. Show it from this type. So you get the slide that we knew was coming right there. We get the one-on-one with the back with the will. Again, that's the same Will linebacker in the previous clip on the guard. He was really good at pass rushing from from depth. And then you see our defensive end go vertical and inside, and they both fall in on the sack right there. Same thing against Elmhurst. We knew that we were going to get a slide. And so trusting the protect or trusting our um, eval of the protection and creating the one-on-one, which we have a really good defensive end who can pass rush, probably should not keep your running back on him. And then Braden just is able to win there. I, th- under- I will say yeah. this, Coach, I've had that conversation. Me and my OC have had that conversation a lot about pass protection and who the, who your running back should be on. So I, I yeah. get exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like it's not always a good life choice to send your running back off to the edge there. No, not at all. Not at all. All right. I showed this one. Um, again, this is, you talked about four-man stuff. We, we started understanding what teams wanted to do. And because of how productive we were out of our four-man and our five-mans, we started getting a lot of seven-man protections. Um, and so in this picture, that's what we're getting out of Illinois Wesleyan. What we knew also is that if we show some of those creepers, some of those simulated pressures, that it was going to create some one-on-ones for someone. And so in this picture, you're seeing our Sam creep up. And again, we understood that teams are going to slide to our Sam and our odd front, um, our nickel, because of the fact that we bring them so much. And that's what we get here. And so from the tight, you're going to see a slide to the field. Well, they're still going seven-man pro, and they're going to keep the tight end on our best speed rusher. Well, in this game, we knew River, dude, you can bull rush this kid. And so what I love about this clip is the fact that we get that slide because we showed the creeper from the field. 
Well, he didn't come. We only rushed three. We get a double on our field end. We get a double on our nose with the guard and the running back not doing anything. They went one-on-one with our best speed rusher who we knew we could bull rush this week, and he finishes it with a sack, a three-man rush with seven guys in protection. Like, that understanding protection and creating the matchup. We knew that if we showed the creeper, they were going to slide, get the one-on-one, we can win the one-on-one. I don't expect Dal or Jake to win on a double, right? But we can win a one-on-one, and River does that there in that picture. And that's really, really, really just the understanding of protection. There's an effort piece to it by River, but our guys just trust in it. All right. Any questions off of that, Coach? No, no, I think you've answered it as I kind of go. That's why I just popped in that one question while we were going. You're doing good. Awesome. Awesome. And so the next kind of topic I was thinking of was uh, identifying matchups. Who are your best rushers? What are their strengths? And then let's go put them in position to win. Um, we understood with River Shuttlebecker was speed. Like, let's create one-on-ones for him to speed rush, then transition into power. Uh, for Dallas and Jake inside, right, those two guys were bulls. Like, who they were they were some dudes that, but if we can create some one-on-ones for them and they could bull rush, uh, that was something that we needed to do. If we could create some games for them to have a little nut and tan twist, let's, let's try to take advantage of that. Uh, but I think that's important is what, are your strengths of your best pass rushers? Identify those matchups and let's go win. Uh, we, we've had some guys um, over the last couple of years that were great at certain things. And so we wanted to take advantage of that. Patrick O'Connell back in 2019, he played DN, he played Eagle for us, but he was phenomenal inside as a speed rusher. And so there's packages and opportunities for him to go back down inside to line up as a three or a four eye just to try to take advantage of some interior movements with them. Um, Dallas this year, we moved him from interior outside just because of his ability to bull rush and ability to move vertically inside. Um, obviously, awesome games. So something to understand is who your best rushers are, identify their strengths, and then put them in position. And so for this first one here, all right, that's exactly what we're going to get. Um, I left this up here because this is kind of just how we teach it, right? We tell choice, we give our guys the choice. All right. They know, like, I have a matchup. I have a strength. Let's go take advantage of it. And so for us, th- these these two guys on our right side of our string screen, sorry, understood that they could do games like they were really, really good. They complemented each other well. And so they wanted to do a game. Right. And so we get a little E.T. twist here. Right. Braden was really good at setting it up. Right. So he's going out back in. Right. And he's doing that to take on the double team right there of the running back in the tackle. Right. Jake is staying nice and tight, nice and tight off the tackles, but to be the contained rusher right there. Right. So they do a good job with games. Dallas here was the national player of the year, two time All-American. You wanted one on one with him. That's what he wanted. We gave him the two way go. We said, all right, dude, you get the one on one with the guard and you get your two-way go. You can bull rush, you can speed back inside, right? You can dip and rip. Whatever you want to do, you have the choice to do that. And so Dal here understood that, right? And he worked back inside and he bull rush and transitioned right for a sack, right? But understanding what our strengths were, right? Dallas's strengths was give me the one-on-one, give me the two-way go, let me run. 
and he could transition into a bull really well. Where versus Jake and Braden, like they wanted to gain, like that's what they wanted to do. And so we gave them the choice of, all right, do you want to go ET? Do you want to go TE? Do you guys just want to go with the best move? But you got the choice of doing that. Um, and I think that's important is understanding the strengths of your guys and letting them do that. <clears throat> Same thing here, right? Up top, again, it's just choice, just understanding what they wanted to do. And it's almost identical to the previous clip. Braden and Jake on the right side, they wanted to do a game. And so they went ET. Jake stays nice and tight off of the contain. Braden gets vertical inside. Boom, there's the sack. But them understanding what their strengths were, them understanding their matchup and taking advantage of it. Really, really nice job by Braden there getting vertical in, inside. Now, obviously, you have some talented kids. I'm, I'm not going to ignore that fact at all. But how, how much do you work? I mean, obviously, the games and the pressures and practice, obviously, that's part of who you are. But from a time standpoint, what do you typically try to look at for pressures through cans, pressures as one-on-one, yep. on one, two-on-twos? How, how do you guys go through about working that in practice? Yeah. Tuesday is a big first and down or first and second down day for us. And so a lot of it is our base stuff. And so we focus on Tuesday being strictly like first and second down, getting in our base calls, our base checks. We're a big um, AFC team, you call team. And so our guys understand that. This is something I share with them uh, every single week. Hey, if you guys want to do this stuff on third down, you got to win first and second down. And so I think our four guys up front, have embodied that and owned that as well as any other position group because what do they want to do they want to pass rush they want to get after it and so they own tuesday in terms of understanding their uh their base calls and their assignments but tuesday night and um this, this is a part of being creative tuesday night for us is when we transition into our packages and so then wednesday and thursday is all right here's our third down packages here's our pressures here's our games or movements that we want and so Wednesday and Thursdays then start transitioning a little bit more into our indie periods working these games and movement working our th uh, third down pressure we always have a pressure period we always have a pressure walk period um, on Wednesdays and Thursdays and just understanding what we do we I think we do a good job on third down having a um, progression and so understanding all right we got third and extra long third and long third and medium third and short and them knowing uh, I probably should not play these games on third and short, but third and medium, third and long, third and extra long, uh, we have the opportunity to do that. Um, I always do a breaking point breakdown. Like I want to know if you if you start breaking down an offense, there are clear and distinct um, areas of where their their play calls on third down change. Like for we we find it every single week where it, it could be third and seven, third and eight where it's plus, they're this, and it's short, it's this. It could be as short as third and two, third and three, where, all right, if they're three plus, they're this, two and short, they're this. Well, there's a breaking point. And our guys, we tell our guys that, like, hey, River, the breaking point this week is five. If it's five and plus, they're throwing the football, getting a wide nine, use your best move and go, right? If it's four and short, like, dude, you, they're very balanced. They're in their base stuff. We can't just line up in a nine to rush. Um, and our guys understand that well. 
And so I think those kind of help kind of prepare our guys and understanding when they can use their games, when they can use their moves, um, and also understanding how we practice it through the week. Thank you, Coach. All right, here's one against North Central uh, a couple years ago um, in 2019. And so I talked about Pat a little bit earlier. So we have, the, the again, the choice, the movement to be able to just do what you want with the matchup you have. Uh, Pat was phenomenal at bull rushing. He was going to go speed to power, right? And he could long arm you and create leverage. He was a tall, long kid. And that's exactly what we get here. He had great get off. There's the long arm with the leverage. And he just bulls that kid back. But that was just creating the matchup for him. He understood, hey, if I get the one-on-one -on -one with this tackle, I'm a better athlete than this kid. I can win with my speed, but I can win with my power and my long arm and just leverage him back into the pocket. And then I love the other side of the picture too, River, right? River understanding, I'm, I'm speed. That's what I am. Pat, Pat is power. I'm speed. And River just little swipe, turns the corner. And even though he's technically not in on the sack, Pat gets the sack, River's probably just going to fall back in on it too. Really, really well done. All right, same thing. This is from the playoffs against St. John's. Um, you can see it again. They go empty here on third and 10. We go split choice again. And again, back to what I shared a couple clips earlier, Jake, and River in this picture, they wanted to do a game. Pat and Dow, they're like, hey, we're going. And we give the two-way go to, to Dow here on the guard. And he just says, hey, I, I'm going to get you on skates and bull and then just turn the corner and throw you. But I also love it with Pat here on the corner too. I'm going to go speed and turn the corner and collapse the pocket. We get a nice sack there as well. All right. You talked about it. We, we have some dudes. We do have some dudes. What I want... And I think it's important. That left tackle in that picture was drafted in the third round. They had two other All-Americans on that team at St. John's too. I mean, our guys are talented, but trusting them and creating matchups for them, uh, allowing them to use their skill set, uh, I think that's what we were able to take advantage of. Any questions off that, Coach? Now, now when you're evaluating the film for the matchups, how detailed do you get with your guys on that? And then, uh, I mean, how, how, and really how do you approach that from a film yep. standpoint? Yeah. So every single Sunday night, um, one of the things that we, we finish up is our positional evals. So I specifically do the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Our D-line coach does the O-line. Um, and then a couple of our other coaches do tight ends and running backs. But we get detailed. Um, for example, as soon as you asked that question, I was thinking of this kid, Ben Barch. Um, he was third round draft pick of Jacksonville. We, he's extremely talented and we knew that, but we recognized that he had short arms. And that's why he's playing guard in the NFL and not tackle. And so we recognized that right away where, all right, Pat, you have longer arms than this kid. Take advantage of your speed to power and leverage him with your long arm. And Pat was able to take advantage of that in that game. And so that's that's something in, in terms of eval, how detailed we get, we just recognize that. Like this guy, yeah, he could play tackle at our level, but there's a reason why NFL teams were looking at him as a guard because of his arms weren't long enough. Um, 
And so that's something for, for the interior guys. We felt like the center was really, really extremely talented for St. John's. Dow knew that he could have that matchup with the right guard and bull rush him. He probably wasn't going to do that consistently with the center because he had a great base and he had some strength behind him. Um, and so, yeah, we get pretty good detailed of it. Um, some weeks are a little bit harder than other weeks just because of film quality. Um, but when, when you um, are able to find, um, there's a lot of resources out there, YouTube, when you're able to find a lot of good quality film, I mean, you can really, really start diving into um, what you think of that kid positionally. Okay. So, uh, the next one is be creative. And I kind of talked on it when you asked that question, how we approach things. Tuesday night, we really transitioned from our baseballs and first and second down into our third down packages. Um, I said earlier, we carry about four six-man pressures every single week, and we carry six five-man pressures every single week. Those are our install pressures during fall camp and spring ball. So those are things that our guys have known and will know as long as we install it. But then we have two or three pressures every single week that we want to take advantage of protection, uh, matchups, whatever we feel like we can, we can use, to, uh, use to win. And then we trust it. And some weeks it's very exotic. I mean, uh, against North Central, against uh, our biggest rival, we, we got to create some stuff that, are, that looks exotic. Um, it could be five mans, it could be six mans, it could be simulated pressures. Against some teams, it could be a subtle adjustment of, hey, we want our five-man pressure, but we want a twist on the backside of it. We want our five-man pressure, and we want a, um, a nut, a tan in the middle of it. And so for our guys, that's really simple because they know the five-man pressure and they know the movement. Um, and so it just depends on the week-to-week -week approach to it. But we need to trust it. That's the big thing, is trusting that uh, creativity that we have. For, for us this year, it, it was simulated pressures. Um, it was creepers. It was, it was showing four, showing five, and only bringing three or only bringing four. Um, and so creating uh, a look, but then bringing something else off of it um, is something that we really trusted this year. And so right away, the first one is, is a, a creeper, right? Again, back to the Wash U example, we knew we were going to get a lot of man-on-man. So we're showing four with our mic up in this picture right here, but our will is coming and our nickel is coming. So trying to create a picture for that guard on the right side of our screen to have to block the mic, but then he drops and now he has to try to adjust his eyes, right? And then it's too late. Our, our DN gets side because our nickel coming off the edge and they have to try to pass all of this off and it doesn't work out for them. And we are able to get a sack, right? I, I hope showing for, right? Trusting the creativity and showing the creeper forced us or forced the offensive line to have to make an adjustment or to trust what they're seeing in their picture, but then dropping and bringing an edge guy uh, really, really has to force them to communicate. I think that's, that is really, really, really um, a simple thing to do with creepers to still only get four or five men. All right, same thing. So against Augie, in this picture, we're showing our mic up, right? We show four up, right? But he's going to drop, and our will is coming, and our Sam is coming. And now we're only bringing five, and we get – that left guard blocking nobody. 
his eyes started on the mic because the mic showed. And that guard is trying to look for work now because he left. And we're able to create one-on-ones for, again, our Will linebacker, who was great at rushing, our D tackle, who was great at bowl. And they're able to fall in on the sack. The other thing I love about creepers, I know we're not talking coverage, is creepers allows you to play all your base coverages behind it because you're only bringing four or five. And so you don't have to teach anything coverage-wise. Those guys in the back half don't care what's happening. They know what the base call is coverage-wise, and you guys up front are still only bringing four or five. Here's one against Augie again. We knew they wanted to keep the back in protection. All right. And what's great about this picture is the fact that we're going to attack the back into the boundary. Yeah. Right. Our mic is manned up on the back in this picture. Our will is going to come and I'm going to give it away. Our Sam or Nichols coming from the field as well. And so when I pause this, we've taken advantage uh, of the protection. They're sliding to the field. Right. The, the wheels coming off the edge. But we have four people blocking two in this picture. Because we long sticked into the A gap. We had our nose go to the opposite A gap, right? Yes, 68 could split out to get our D tackle, but we still got the matchup on the back that we wanted to with our edge rusher, right? And he's able to get the sack. They broke the protection to the field side, but the boundary side is exactly what we wanted to get with the long stick back into the slide, get the one-on-one -on -one with the running back in the wheel, right? And he's able to get a sack. And this is what I talked about, Coach. I want to show it from the wide. We got a bunch of dudes that love playing together, right? Wyatt Lee gets the sack here, but you can see just the joy and celebration of the other guys as they're running to them. It, it's just something awesome to see. Um, and that's part of that, that just love that our guys have for one another in their way they play. All right, same thing here, show it from the tight. Right, in our odd front, bringing a five-man pressure, just being creative with it. We actually brought um, two guys from the, the Sam side, which we don't do as often, right? So we brought our nickel and one of our stack backers, which is rare for us to do. We're going to get the long stick by the DN to occupy the double team, right? We get the one-on-one -on -one with the Sam, with the stack backer, obviously effort in this play to just finish in on the side but it's still only five men. Same thing. Now we're going to bring, because we knew, right? We knew teams like to uh, slide to our Sam. We're creating the loop now to the boundary side and we get the matchup we wanted with the will on that guard. And there it is. So these are just some of the being creative Right. We bring our Sam a lot. He's showing, but he's actually actually going to drop into coverage. And now we're bringing our Mike and our Will and they're able to get in on the sack. All right. This is one of my favorite ones. And I'm going to talk a little bit on this one. So this is a related creeper pressure that we, we have. Um, and in this picture, we got five up. Our Mike and our Will are going to be showing, but we're only going to bring four. And what's awesome about this is 
you can see our SAM starting to come and our Mike and Will are dropping. We, we stole this from Coach Brown um, um, when he was at University of Michigan, now at UMass. And he right away talked about how you wanted to create four on twos. You want four O-linemen blocking two D-linemen. And you get the one-on-one -on -one with the back. And that's exactly what you get. And you will see it really, really nice in the tight. But you get the one-on-one -on -one with the nickel coming with the back. And you get your two interior guys being blocked by the four down O-linemen. What's awesome about this is the fact that our guys trust it. Jake Holiday, our nose in this picture, he, he knows he's not going to get on the sack at all. He's going to get the double team. Dow, by rule, should not be in on the sack. He should get doubled, which he is. So we got left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, doubling our two interior guys. Get the one-on-one -on -one with the back, one-on-one -on -one with the right tackle. Dow spins off and is able to fall in on the sack, force fumble. Right. But that is the picture that you want to see when you bring in some of these simulated creepers right there. Four on two and you get the one on ones with the nickel coming and with the best rush uh, speed rusher that we have. Yeah. So love it. Um, the other thing is we were fortunate enough to spend last week with Baylor and Coach Randa and Coach Roberts and the entire defensive staff was phenomenal. And one of the first things Coach Aranda talked to us about was Creepers simulated questions, this stuff. And um, he's, he's brilliant at understanding how to take advantage of matchups. But Coach Roberts said something, their defensive coordinator, that if you're not within four yards of the line of scrimmage, if you're blitzing, you're useless. And so us understanding that you have to be within four yards to be a, an effective rusher. Daniel Herber coming off from our nickel does a really, really good job of making sure he's within that four yard range. And so he can be in on the play and on the sack. Really, really, really cool. All right. Here's one being creative, right? We should, we do a lot of rip Liz. And so our, our safety here kind of showing he's a little too tight, but kind of showing rip Liz alignment, but then he's actually blitzing. And so bring in, just being creative. Our guys want to have fun with it being creative, right? Yes, they probably should not have let our best speed rusher go, but they do. We get a stack because we bring a safety off the edge and we're only blitzing five, all right? But creating uh, some matchup problems for them by bringing a DB off the edge. It's just something really, really um, easy to do. And again, this is one of those two to three pressures that is, is new for us to, for that week. All right, same thing, just being creative. Um, we put three down linemen to the left side um, just to create a matchup issue. Um, we get the matchup that we want. Dow gets the free release. Uh, what I love about this is River came off the field and he goes, Coach, um, I got double teamed. I'm like, yep, you did. And he goes, but we got the sack, Coach. That's all that matters. And that's the thing. Like, he's getting doubled by both tight ends. Right. They don't pack. They don't adjust well to our alignment. I mean, we get a pretty easy sack there just by being creative and allowing um, just allowing something new and fun for our guys to do. Now, you said you add like two to three a week. Yeah. Your six. OK. Yep. 
Yeah, so like I said, we always carry the same four and five man freshers that are installed through spring ball and fall camp. And then we'll always have two or three new ones for that week based off of protection or matchups that we like. Okay. Yeah. And this last one is just effort. And, and I think it's really, really important to establish this, practice this and recognize this. We do good ball, bad ball um, every day during spring ball and fall camp and then every game. And we want to recognize effort piece. Like this is something critical to us. Like you can be extremely talented, but if you don't run to the football, if you don't practice or play hard, like none of it matters. Um, and so we want to establish this effort piece. We want to practice it. We want to recognize it. And so there's some things uh, that I just wanted to show. So this is against North Central, you know, our big rival. Um, us and them are two of the top five teams in the country at the Division Three level. And I want to look at the left side of the screen. This is effort. This is purely effort right there. Braden Anthony is taking on the double team with this with his game, like purely effort. He has nothing to do with this uh, sack statistically, but he has everything to do with this sack because of his effort. Jake stays nice and tight and is able to fall in on the sack. That was a huge sack for us at a big point in the game, right? Nobody in the stands recognizes Braden Anthony and what he does, right? He is getting doubled in that picture. Both the tackle and the guard are blocking him. Jake comes free for the sack on, on Monday. Like, right. That's a heck of a job, man. Like Jake gets all the glory and, and everybody's cheering for him, but Braden Anthony makes that play. And it's something that's really, really special to watch effort. there. Same thing, right? We're going to get it in, in this picture here. Uh, this was, um, we've played against the last three Gallardi winners with Jackson Erdman, um, Brock Rudder and then Blaine here, um, the quarterback at Central. Really, really talented. And this is just effort, right? Dallas just chasing this guy down. Purely effort. Like, that's all it is. Our guy's playing hard. Has nothing to do with scheme. Has nothing to do with the movement or the game. Has everything in this picture for Dallas to just, I'm going to go make this play. All right, same thing here. Braden, in this picture again on the right side of our screen, they're going to rent our sprint out. They're rolling out to the right. This isn't easy to do. He is the contained rusher, right? This is first and 10. This is a base call. First and 10, he keeps the quarterback in the pocket here, and then we we're able to chase backside down the line of scrimmage for a sack. That, that's the effort. That's him doing his job with extreme effort, right, to keep the quarterback in the pocket on a sprint out, which should not happen, all right, with a running back and a tackle blocking. All right, same thing. They actually picked this up really, really well, Wesleyan does in this picture, right? They handled the twist on the right side of the screen well, right? They actually uh, block up Dallas really well here with that left guard, but Wyatt Lee, just effort. A little dip there and just keeps running and gets a sack. Nothing, nothing to do with scheme at this point in time. In fact, our adjustment, one of our adjustments for the week was to have a tax on the backside of a, of, of a will pressure. That's just Wiley with effort there. And then here, another one. This is against uh, Aurora in the playoffs. It's a three-man rush but we wanted Wyatt to add on whenever the quarterback broke the pocket. So it became a four-man rush, and it's just effort. 
And so just talking on this, uh, establishing this, practicing this, recognizing this is really, really critical for those guys up front. Just love, love the fact that our guys play with effort. So that, that's all I have for you, Coach. Uh, obviously, um, thankful and appreciative for you letting me share. Uh, I think it is critical to identify the protections. Um, what matchups do you have and how you can take advantage of them? Um, for me, being creative is something that's been instilled with me at a young age and trusting it. Um, and then the effort piece. I think if we can get our guys to play half, uh, really, really hard, um, it overwhelms people. There is no doubt. It's it's. It's inspiring to watch you guys, your, our guys play with effort, and it's discouraging to the opponent when you just keep coming and coming and coming. So, uh, appreciate it, Coach. No problem. I have one more question for you. So, Absolutely. Obviously, COVID altered how we did a lot of things. A lot of it's gotten more Zoom-oriented and yep. or releasing notes digitally or voiceovers. How has that modified your weekly install process or how you present stuff to kids? Yeah, we did. I thought we did a really good job in that spring of 2020 when COVID first hit, um, establishing an online teaching format. And so we did a really, really, I think, solid uh, curriculum to help our guys still learn the playbook and teach. And so one of the things that we do from that is our entire playbooks on huddle, um, all our teach tapes and installs are on huddle. So what I kind of gave you is very similar to the format that we use for our installs. So we'll have a slide of the techniques, uh, the information that they need, and then we'll have some good examples and bad examples of, of film. Um, and we do that for every coverage. We do that for every movement. We do that for every front. I mean, we have a, an extensive uh, playlist of installs. Um, actually, we're going through it right now, um, kind of reevaluating some of the terms and some of the teaching points that we want, trying to find new clips, better clips to teach off of. And so it's pretty extensive in terms of how we use Huddle for our installs and for our teaching. Okay. Well, coaches, um, give Coach a follow on Twitter. Uh, his contact information is at the, at the beginning of this presentation too, but I also put his uh, Twitter bio um, in the bio of this video slash podcast, however you're viewing this. Um, obviously, if you just audio listen to it, I would go to YouTube, check out the actual video version because there's a lot, obviously you can see everything he's detailing in the audio version. Um, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz is normal. Uh, follow, reach out to our sponsors, check out their stuff. Um, and then uh, that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.